Get up. Keep the party going. Here we go. Are you taking us to the howl? Maybe I will, maybe I won't. I don't know. I'll have to wait and see. One of those days in the books, how episode confirmed. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another very exciting episode of the Friends Talking Fantasy Podcast. My name is Charles, and with me today, as always, is my lifelong friend and co-host, Dylan. I'm ready to talk some fantasy with my friend, Charles. I'm ready to talk some fantasy with my friend as well. Today, we see the return of one of our Hallmark series. Right. It's time for a little Would You Rather Fantasy Edition. Fantasy Uh, Edition. We've done a few of these, Charles. That's right. You know, these are always fun to have a little spoiler-free, no reading required, just to see what kind of realm we can take the show. You know, it's like we love to talk about the books. You know, the books are the bread and butter of FTF. But every once in a while, we just like to sit down and have a, a friendly little chat about fantasy. And that's what we're here to do today. So that's right. This this will be a spoiler free episode. Mm-hmm. That'll yes. be fun. Yeah. And yeah, let's. I say let's just get into it, Charles. I agree. You have more questions prepared than me, so you may as well start, and we'll alternate. <laughs> well, I'm gonna come in hot. All right. Because I got a big question for you. Oh boy. Charles, imagine you and I are, are out fishing. We stumble upon a gin, and you, you get a, a wish here. And that wish could make one of two books appear completed that Ooh. you could read. No, you didn't. <laughs> no, yeah, you didn't. Yeah, here I come. <laughs> I have a bet you know what's coming here. I have Would a guess. You... <laughs> Would you rather read The Doors of Stone, book three of the Kingkiller Chronicle, completed, you know, Patrick has had all the time he needs and he's created the product he's proud of, or The Winds of Winter by George R.R. <sighs> I knew R. this was Martin, coming. Once you phrased the question, I was like, here it comes, George or Patrick. Oh, man. Well, uh, I've kind of thought about this, bizarrely enough. I was like, man, I wonder which one... You know, it's obviously great comparison because they're both highly anticipated, um, you know, next installments of these two, two of the most popular modern fantasy series, right? And these books, people have been waiting for like 10 plus years for these books. So the excitement around them is very high. So makes it hard to pick. I mean, come on, Song of Ice and Fire, Game of Thrones, that's like a cultural phenomena and... George's writing is incredible, and I've always enjoyed reading it and going back to it and, you know, reflecting on it. I always realize how much I like it. I sometimes forget how much I like Game of Thrones, and you might hear more about that in the upcoming uh, in the upcoming episodes of Friends Talk Beautiful and Fantasy. Tease, Little Charles. tease. Beautiful tease. Nailed it. Nailed it. And then you have, I mean, Patrick Rothfuss, man. Think about it. Doors of Stone, the conclusion, the final book in this trilogy. We'd get the ending. Worthy of noting that Winds of Winter would not be the end. There is more to go after that. 
So that's a critical consideration. Another critical, yeah. Another critical situation is we have a Game of Thrones to show, and we have the story completed, and we've seen a version of it. And although nothing is, you know, set in stone, if you will, um, <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> nailed it. Although nothing <laughs> Not is <even> the doors. <laughs> no, although nothing is set in stores, we'll leave no doors closed. Um, there, I have a feeling that you know the showrunners for Game of Thrones had all the important plot points that will be replicated in the books, and I think the books will deliver on better pros and have more time to flesh out where all these story points are going but i think the points are the same so i feel like i know that story which is why i'm more inclined to go towards doors of stone and that's the book i'd want to see let's finish king killer let's figure out where all this is going and then we can release tons and tons of episodes about around our discussion of the final of the king killer chronicle so that's for me it's it's doors of stone it, it's the finale and it's only because I don't know the ending and it will be the last one. So my return on like story per book, significance per book, I feel is higher for Kink Killer. I think you've chosen wisely there, <laughs> Charles. You named all the considerations that were going through my head. Mm. I thought maybe you would end up picking The Winds of Winter just because I know how much you love A Song of Ice and Fire and George R.R. R. Martin. And I think when you step back and consider that book three of the King Killer Chronicle would close this thing out while the mm-hmm. winds of winter, yeah, you could get that, but you'd still be waiting for the last installment. Right. I think that's a huge is, piece. Is a, yeah. And listen, I, I, I'm going to be real with all you friends out there right now. Be real with them, Charles. For every book that's come out of a song of ice and fire, like I feel like, Dance with Dragons, perhaps one of the weaker ones of the series. I feel like his story is just getting wider and wider and wider. He's introducing more characters. The characters are getting further apart. It's harder and harder to see where it's going. And I don't see that coming back together anytime soon in Winds of Winter. So I think it's, you know, I don't think it's going to be as exciting one because everyone knows where the story's going thanks to the show and then two george has expanded it so large that you know i i'm looking forward to it and george is a terrific writer and everything he's written has been great but i do see a little bit of diminishing returns reading reading george right now and that's just the reality it's keeping it real um someone's got to charles because those first three books, masterpieces. But as we go on, we start to wonder, like, what's happening and when are we going to get back? When that Brienne chapter comes up and you're like, okay, well, here we go again. And she's like, oh, I'm in the wrong area looking for these people. Like, maybe I'll find them. It's like, oh, okay, whatever. Like, we know that this is just Brienne gonna... takes a shot out of nowhere. Well, come on, man. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> no idea whatsoever, Charles. But <laughs> oh, okay, okay. You're gonna do me yeah. like that. Do you know I love every Brienne <laughs> chapter I've ever read? But <laughs> all right, all right. I'm gonna yeah. move on then. I-, I think we're both decided. Doors of Stone. Yes. Because I'm stone. excited about my question here. So breaking too. news in the fantasy world and well-timed as well. We all know that Burning God by Arv Kwong has just come out and we have dropped our uh, Buddy Read episode on no, it very Charles. recently. And what an exciting moment that was. And yes. 
this piece of news dropped that, you know, the Poppy War series was picked up and oh, is going yes. to become a show, right? So this is We're exciting news. But what we don't know is what's going to... What what is this show gonna be? Um, there people have mentioned that RF Kwong has tweeted kind of things that she thought would be cool to see. One of them being an animated series. But my question to you cool. is: Would you rather see an animated Poppy War TV show, a la like Last Airbender, or take your pick, or a live action series, a la Game of Thrones? I mean, I think a lot of it depends on how well produced, especially a live action one would be, right? Yes. You could Speaking of Avatar The Last Airbender, <laughs> uh, we know that there was a live action, one of those by M. Night Shyamalan that for a variety of reasons was quite bad. And <laughs> to be fair, that- though, that's an adaptation of an cartoon or an anime which those never work but this is an adaptation of a book could be different so you said a la game of thrones so shall we imagine it's getting that kind of funding behind it and that kind of yeah like it's gonna be on hbo and it's you know gonna be a whole thing in your hypothetical, just to make that clear, so people don't think we're breaking. In news the here. no, we're not breaking news. It's a hypothetical, and it's not guaranteed that it's going to be good, right? Like you read the news, it's like, oh, um, Poppy War is going to be a gritty live action TV show. Um, like, is that more the headline you're hoping for, or are you going to say, oh, these people are going to animate it into a cartoon like anime like show? I'd love to see it live action, Charles. Mm -hmm. I think that it's such a... I mean, I don't know. I've seen really gritty, dark animes and things like that. Mm -hmm. Like, I think of Attack on Titan does it really well. And look, if they could do something like that for the Poppy War, then sure, like, go for it. I would love to watch it. But maybe I'm just kind of a live action person yeah i I tend to like that a little bit more and i'd love to see if they could have the funding to make some of these things that need to happen i won't spoil anything but (laughs) there's a lot of stuff that they'd need to make happen that would require some funding there if they had it and they could do it then sure go for it i want to see it happen live action charles i thought that's the direction you were going to go and just because of your your history of the shows that you've liked to watch. And I kind of agree. I think the sky's the limit with a live action show, right? Like if it's good, then it has the potential to be amazing. So that to me is the, but it's also high risk. Like it would be so easy to say, we're going to make this live action and then they just can't get the effects right. They can't get the scenes right. It's a two, it's a very ambitious project for live action. So unless someone with a very clear vision and millions of dollars is going to make it, you might have a little trouble making it good. But even if they had like a Game of Thrones level budget, then I think they would they could do great <laughs> things. Sure. But n- most shows don't get a Game of Thrones level budget. So it's kind of risky, but that's what I'm hoping they'll go for. That being said, I think there's tweets out there of RF Kuang being like, yeah, it would be cool to see it as like an Avatar style anime. Like that's something that she kind of has envisioned and thought would be cool and you know, I think if you get the right art style and you do make it more mature and punch, yeah. keep it at that 
level, then I think it would be super interesting as well. I also think it's more of a safer bet too, because you can make it hyper stylized without having to worry about effects or things like that. But I do right. think live action is like the best that the show could be is like a super like high end live yeah. action show would be the best. I agree, Charles. As the great Michael Jordan once said, uh, the the roof is the ceiling when it comes Word. to live action. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> Did he say the ceiling is the roof? Either way, it doesn't make sense. So <laughs> we'll keep rolling. That is a Michael Jordan. One of those is a Michael Jordan quote, for the record. Uh, <laughs> it would be weird if you just made it up. <laughs> no. All right. I got a good one for you, Charles. Lay it on me. So we recently recorded an episode called Friends Creating Fantasy, where you and I randomly generated a book title from typical fantasy words, and also we randomly generate a couple characters from archetypes and character traits. Who could forget the raven? Yeah, no one could ever forget the raven (laughs) from the raven's fantasy. No. And... I do recommend if if you're into these kind of friends spoiler free episodes like this would you rather I think you'd probably get a kick out of Charles and I trying to improvise the story in our <laughs> friends creating fantasy episode. So we made a story called The Raven's Fantasy which was kind of a corruption arc type story mm-hmm. about uh, I think there were elements It was a reverse of... corruption also kind of. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. I mean, I want to spoil the Ravens fantasy. Yeah, we're keeping it spoiler free here. Yeah. (laughs) But I think there were some undercurrents of themes of like at least power dynamics, if not even like colonialism and stuff like that, that probably someone with a more deft hand than us would be able Mm -hmm. to explore well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. I grabbed some people or I didn't grab them. I thought of some people who have more deft writerly hands than we have Charles and I'm wondering if our vision of that story we outlined called the Raven's fantasy could become a reality (laughs) and not just a fantasy Mm -hmm. through being written by one of the following three authors oh yeah spicing it up and then who would you choose to write the Raven's fantasy Charles oh this is exciting Joe Abercrombie. Oh, yeah. R.F. Kwong. Oh. Or number one New York Times bestselling author Brandon Sanderson. Wow. So this is tricky. Um, So Joe Abercrombie, the first law trilogy, which I love and we're currently in the process of reading, by the way. So be sure to come tune back in soon to hear us talk about... uh, the first law series are which co- I'm pumped for which i am pumped for i just started reading it i'm on the first jezel chapter and it's like i forgot how much fun the experience of reading those books oh, is yeah. so much fun and then we have um rf kwong who is you know really fresh modern voice in fantasy and she's mastered the corruption arc and um she's got this gritty violence about her she understands these colonialism moments that you're talking about um you know our story starred as a female protagonist and her story you know rin is a fantastic female protagonist so 
um, would also that be a fantastic is. choice. And then you have Brandon Sanderson who could write anything and make it a wonderful <laughs> experience. <laughs> I so and he'd crank it out quick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Ravens we, fantasy before you know it. Yeah, he'd <laughs> already be like Ravens fantasy draft ten uh, percent. You're like, whoa, okay, we're going. <laughs> By the end of this episode, he'd probably have it at ten percent if he. Uh, if only we could contact him to start writing. For sure, I mean, author of Mistborn and the End of the Wheel of Time and, and Stormlight Archives. Eh, all, yeah, so all these amazing like epic works of fantasy, and he's proven to be a plotting master, and he's the kind of guy who would do so well in like a fantasy novel generator because he like has a theory about like plotting and and preparing to write a novel that would make him do really amazing things with a premise like <laughs> we had for the ravens fantasy so um, right sanderson is a is an outliner in how he mm-hmm. writes his plots and that very much shows he says he discovery writes the characters along the way, but he knows exactly where the plot is going from the start. Right. Um, R.F. Kwong writes by the seat of her pants, apparently. <laughs> and I, th- I think, I don't know, actually, with Abercrombie, I do think he outlines. So we might want to yeah. keep all, all that, that in mind. Yeah. I see that. I see that. You know, if you had asked me like a week ago before I started rereading First Law, I would have maybe been tempted to go with like a with RF Kwong only because like the story that we created um has a lot of interesting parallels to um Poppy War. But I'm reading Joe Abercrombie. I'm like, this guy gets me. <laughs> like gets like what I'm <laughs> looking for in the voice of an author, you know? Like he's so funny but so dry and the um Yeah. The observations that he makes, the observations that his characters make, the philosophy that he has is like so in tune with how I like think about stuff myself. I'm like, this is great. And so I I think we just I think we're just aligned so much in like what I like to read and how unique of a voice that is and how unique my taste is and Joe Abercrombie just nails oh, it that I think we've so got special to, Charles. Yeah. So I think we <laughs> got to a unique uh, taste. What? You have such a unique taste, Charles. I'm not saying that I I'm saying it's the fact that it's everyone has unique tastes, you know, and so, so when an author nails it, like you know, it's it's a pretty impressive thing to see. Um Yeah. Because I mean, no one writes like you know, very few people no write with those like sensibilities Joe like Joe does. Where he's not afraid to get super violent. He's not afraid to get a little silly. He's not afraid to like put a lot of effort into plots and reveals. And you know, it's like interesting how he balances it all. And, I, and that's why I would say Joe Abercrombie. I think like wow. like his v- voice out of these three authors is most like what I would in my wildest dreams would like try to have a voice like that so that's why i would go with joe although i think any of these people would be amazing i think you know you can't go wrong you can't go wrong exactly but i'd probably pick joe but i you've got three right choices three amazing ghostwriters here correctly among your three right choices. <laughs> i don't even have I to think, ask what you would choose <laughs> yeah well i was i was interested to hear you say so many just I mean, really, really, pra- I mean, you've always praised Joe Abercrombie, but mm-hmm. just to say what you just said is another level of praise, I think, 
on Joe Abercrombie because I've kind of been the the Joe Abercrombie guy on the show. Yeah, in the past. well, you so know, it's you been many years like since I've read Joe Abercrombie, and now that I'm reading him after reading back to back like six other series, you know, and so you know we've read. We've read Sanderson, we've read Kwong, we've read Rothfuss, we've read uh, Andrei Sapkowski, you know, we've read a ton of books. We've read Tolkien. <laughs> and now we're and now I'm reading Abercrombie yes, and I, and now I think I have a a new, like new pers- like every series I go into now I's fresh off the experience of another author. So I don't think I had that. And I always liked Abercrombie's voice. Like I would have told you this uh 2 weeks ago about like how why I like Abercrombie and we'll see if We'll see how it goes, but no, I'm ex- I, I just maybe it's just because he's the author I'm reading right now that I'm picking him. Who knows? But I'm into it, and uh, he's my choice. That's <laughs> awesome, Charles. I, I mean, can't go wrong. I think first of all, I I probably choose Joe Abercrombie for and maybe not any <laughs> of these questions, but be. You probably wouldn't want to include Joe Abercrombie if you were giving me one of these because I'd be very likely <laughs> to pick him for any of them. I think, though, R.F. Kwong would do a great job of hitting on those elements of the, like you said, corruption arc and the colonialism aspect. I think like those were kind of maybe subtext in what we were outlining sure. there. And these idea of like throwing out tropes so well. out the window for the sake of the individuality of the character, I think is also a really yes. interesting thing that Kwong does. You know, Kwong like bulldozes through tropes and like plot tropes and things like that to characterize her protagonist. And I think that's, I think that's something that we were kind of building up in our, you know, plotting of the Ravens fantasy. <laughs> I agree, Charles. And Brandon Sanderson feels like he's he's not getting the same. Oh, I mean, I feel like Ravens Sanderson is here. the is the safest bet. Like, look, if you want a book to be on the New York Times bestseller and have everyone love it for <laughs> sure, like just have Sanderson write it. So um, that is uh, <laughs> I think though what uh, Charles, what I was thinking is like we basically robbed. If we're you and I, Charles, two very amateurs in this <laughs> arena, hand Brandon Sanderson an outline. I mean, any of these people, if we hand them an outline, they're going to be like, are you kidding me? But <laughs> I feel like we've taken the thing that Brandon Sanderson is best at away from him, which is plotting yeah, all that's things fair. out and creating a story that's going to unfold in a very satisfying way. That's fair. So it's like, that's why I think Sanderson is as appealing as some of the others in terms of like, Oh, like we wrote, we wrote this for you. Now you write it. It's like, uh, isn't, shouldn't I be the person who's plotting this all out? I'm really, really, really good at that. (laughs) Right. Yeah. We should just let, we should just, you know, have Brandon Sanderson plot it and then write it. You know, I think he'd be a terrific (laughs) ghostwriter. I think he's doing great as a <laughs> as a regular writer anyway. So it's very true. All right, so All right. shall we move on? Let's keep rolling. All right, here's my question. Uh so this one's a little more based like a little more on the on the traditional would you rather kind of format here. So as anyone who's following the show would know, we just wrapped up Book of the Ancestor by Mark Lawrence. And what a ride that was. Friend of the show, Mark Lawrence. Friend of the show. 
you know, once dubbed a great listen by Mark Lawrence is is the show that you're listening That's to right Red now. Red Sister, yeah, Red Sister. Our Red Sister episode was uh, called a great listen. That's right. So you know, when it comes to Book of the Ancestor, that you know we can talk about it in a way that the author thinks is great. So. That's where we are. And a listen. And, yeah, and a listen. Yeah, exactly. We are in audio format. Uh, so <laughs> no denying that. Uh, so I would be remiss if I did not take this opportunity to ask you a Book of the Ancestor-themed Would You Rather. And Don't be remiss, Charles. I will not because uh, which the, the question basically is which tribal ability would you rather have and just for our listeners at home may not have read book of the ancestor i'll go through them super quickly you have the hunska which is basically superhuman speed garant superhuman strength and i also think you're just a bigger individual uh, margil which is elemental magics and then quantal which is larger magics walking the path which is channeling like the the universe's energy you know so those are your choices Right. Yeah. So Margils can do all the shadow work and all the sneaky stuff. Yeah, the I daggers and like, the Am I in the Book of the Ancestor world or am I No, you're in this world. You're you. You wake up tomorrow with one of these. Okay. So then it kinda takes some of the use of some of these things out of the equation, right? Like, do I need the strength of a gerent? Uh well, no, What's you, that going to do in my day-to-day life? You could pick so up I a think, sport and get a Nike deal or something. I don't know. <laughs> right. Well, I think that Hanska Swiftness would probably be more useful. Because yeah. if you're a full-blood Garant in, uh, or Jarrant in Book of the Ancestor, you're usually kind of oafy, too. Yeah, so. you're like way you're almost like a mini giant if that makes any sense you're like noticeably bigger than that than a human being should be yeah be like nine feet tall but (laughs) yeah full blood's too too oafy and clumsy usually so i think not really what i'm looking for that's where my mind went to right away garrett out of the mix yeah so then the remaining ones i think that like walking the path would be really, really cool. I think the possibilities that are allowed by the quantal powers are so almost endless. Uh, the The roof is the ceiling when it comes to that one, Charles. <laughs> the so, roof is the ceiling. <laughs> so I think that, and you could do the thread, like pull people's threads and stuff. I mean, I don't know. It's a little bit same lines of like that emotional manipulation stuff we've talked about before. Whereas like, is it kind of messed up? But I would use it for good if I could. Mm-hmm. Like, I I don't know. I'd have to be just thoughtful about the ethics of that. But at least like walking the path. I mean, if you walk the path, you could do all sorts of interesting uh, stuff with the power that comes from it. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, you could like shoot lightning and things like that, or uh, glow, I mean, <laughs> like I don't sure. know, travel around. Uh, yeah, store energy and create thread bonds, Charles. You and I could have a thread bond. Oh, great! Like we don't see enough of each other already. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. I could, Charles, I could uh, take over your body and I could be both podcasters. Like I've always dreamed Great point, Dylan. You're so smart. Yeah, yeah, there'd be a lot of that going on. Good thing you're the face of the show. Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's true. I think Quantal. So that's where I'm going. I mean, Hunts could be cool for, I'd be even, I'd get better at tennis. That's pretty much the main yeah. thing I'd be thinking. I'd be like a pro tennis player, but eh, I'd go Quantal. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I am on the fence between Margil and Quantal. Margil seems kind of cool. You've got shadow work. You've got like the 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 invisible daggers coming out of your hands, and you've got the you know all these cool things you can do that like I, aren't Margils also the empaths that can like be like uh, yeah. Be like, they can you use will the force, let us in, uh, yeah. basically. <laughs> yeah. uh, like mind the, tricks. <laughs> these are, yeah, the Jedi mind tricks, really. Yes. It's the, like, these aren't the droids you're looking for bit is yeah. what they can do. Exactly. So that's kind of fun, too. <laughs> and um, I, I just think, like, there's more day-to-day practical applications of being a module. You know, you're, like, tra- that's fair. you're trying to, like, open this bag of, like, chips or something, and it's, like, really, like tightly glued you just you know get that flaw blade out cut it right off and then that's you're you're in the chip bag you know like you're there and and, you know you never have to worry about having a a knife on you ever again um you know you can also just how often are you trying to open chip bags in your day-to-day life too often if only i had (laughs) flaw blades have you tried pulling on both sides of it and opening it that way (laughs) i've tried everything It would be easier if I had flaw blades. <laughs> so okay. think of all the stuff you could. I, I I don't know. I just think the day-to-day st- stuff with them. Uh, it's way more practical. It, yeah. Although I think Quanta would be pretty wild stuff. But um, I don't I, think, I don't know if I'm. It's very dangerous also to walk the path, you know. So I think Margil is a safer bet. Yeah. If I just wake up tomorrow and I can walk the path, I probably mess it up. Like <laughs> being trained by Mistress Path or anything like that. So. Mm. And I think Marjorie, I didn't think about the empath thing. And, you know, I, I'm a counseling psych PhD program and I am a therapist. <laughs> uh, it's another hat I wear mm. at times. So actually the empath powers would be super helpful for me in that <laughs> role. So I, I actually am changing, Charles. I think you're Oh, you're I changed something. your mind. Yes. Marjorie. Woo. An empath. Marjorie. Marjorie empaths. Yeah, being an empath would be very cool. Yeah. That's it? No, that's we good did stuff, it. Charles. Cool, cool. We did it. We did it. So, yeah. do you, uh, I'm, I'm out of questions. Do you want to give us one more, or should we call it a day? I can throw you one, Charles, while we're on the Book of the Ancestor okay, thing. Okay, okay. Would you rather explore the caves beneath Sweet Mercy Convent with Ooh. Nona Gray from the Book of the Ancestor, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or explore the Underthing? Beneath the University with Ari from the Kingkiller Chronicle. Under thing with Ari from the Kingkiller Chronicle. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would love to hang out with Nona Gray, but the caves don't do anything for me. If anything, they're kind of scary and, and treacherous. Whereas the Under thing is super interesting, and there's mystery around it and history around it, and... um. Which you could say the same thing for the caves, I guess, to be fair. But I don't know. There's something more like mystical about uh, the under thing, whereas the caves are like the caves. Like, don't go in there. So, and then Ari's <laughs> just super 
super unique and i guess i'd feel safe around ari as long as i don't like move her stuff <laughs> around then uh i think i'd be cool charles you'd be stomping about in that under thing oh, we've my... seen the picture of you that looks like bigfoot and... <laughs> but if i'm going with her you know it wouldn't be so bad like quoth gets to go down there sometimes he does but quoth quoth has accomplished a lot of things charles that <laughs> I don't know if you'll be able to. You don't think I can live up to Quoth's um, adventure in the other thing? I think there's a lot. Yeah, just a lot of things Quoth has done that. Who knows, Charles? You've got lots of time, but I don't know if you'll ever quite be uh, Charles the Bloodless. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm still not sold on how, you know, big of a deal Quoth really is. You know, we'll have to wait and see. But that's when <laughs> when you get your hands on doors of stone, Charles. Yes, right. From that gin <laughs> wish that yeah. you'll be able to see. Oh man, so. if only I had that gin wish. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that was a fun little uh uh romp, I guess you could say, into the world of Would You Rather Fantasy Edition on the Friends Talking Fantasy Podcast. That it was. Shout out to any fans who've made it this far, if you are listening and you want to shoot us some sort of would-you-rather question, then there's a lot of places that you can go to do that, aren't there, Charles? Oh, there are. You know, we've got the outro music pumping. This is the point of the show where we tell you exactly where those places are. Big one is Twitter. Big one. And that's on the FTF podcast with a number one at the end. So definitely check us out there. We're also on Facebook and Instagram at the FTF podcast. You can also shoot us an email. Um, I don't know if anyone's ever shot us an email, but you could. You could be the first. And that's the FTF podcast at gmail.com. Telling on yourself, Charles, <laughs> that no one sends us emails. <laughs> they do tweet at us. We get tweeted at. You know, just ask Mark Lawrence, okay? We get tweeted at. Ooh. But, um, <laughs> nice name, but uh, yeah, we'll see about those emails. Um, if you like the show and you just happen to be listening on Apple Podcasts, what kind of options do they have, Dylan, to show their love? They can toss five stars to our podcast. Toss Did you mention Facebook and Insta podcast. yet? Yes, I mentioned it right after Twitter. Okay. It was the second thing. <laughs> okay. At the FDF Podcast. <laughs> oh, okay. Hey, may as well say it twice. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Toss five stars to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Like all of our stuff, listen to all the episodes, download them all anyway. And uh, thank you guys for listening. And as always, go forth and conquer, friends.